We're live and no one cares. Literally no one right now. Live to no one. <laughs> live to nobody. Nobody's live here. across the galaxy with access to billions of listeners. We have zero. <laughs> they will come. They will show up. That's okay. We don't want it. a bunch. We want it to be so cool that there's only a few. We already got yeah, a bunch, like 500 of, bunch of comments and stuff, too. People yeah. commented preemptively. Yeah. Nice. Oh, we got like ACDC questions. I guess that's oh, that's got to be right for, off the bat. Jeez. Yeah. Diving right in. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ah, Joe. Dr. Joe. I know that guy. He does. That's He's awesome. like foot doctor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how he Dr. feels about our shoe choices for training. You know he what hates I mean? Very, he says that definitely those are terrible Crocs. Oh, he, he hates Crocs. Crocs. He absolutely does hate Crocs. Does he really? Yeah, he does. That's so good. He's like, they're Me terrible too. for your feet. <laughs> right, 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 right. He's yeah. my favorite. I remember favorite I listener. said, I said my foot hurt from riding once because you know when I first started riding again, my foot was like my one foot was taking a beating. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he sent me like all this advice about what to do. It's like, oh, this, da, 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 you know, try this, try that, you know. And I was like, holy smokes, there's all these options. Ooh, Remember, I sent you the advice too. I was like, stop being a. Pu-. Never mind. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. We, gotta, <laughs> we can't edit this one, guys. Through. I gotta throw that out there to you. Oh, I just check edited this out. my own. You did. That was really good. Check this out. It's gonna take me just a second. I haven't to- sworn yet. <laughs> I know. We're like you a minute said in. Seventeen words. I'm gonna throw you this know. up here. It's gonna take me a minute to readjust the size. Oh, but, but watch this. We're gonna go oh, like this. Put it all the way to the right. Down. It'll be fine. Drop yeah. it down on your black for the T-shirt. Right. For the right. For the right. To the right. Like yeah, right, right over here? my face. Right there. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Best I've ever looked. <laughs> all right. We can go like this. Let's see. That's nice. Keep resizing it. Boom. And then we'll just drop Scott. her. Right. It looks down. like you have a logo on your T-shirt. Yeah, it does, yeah. doesn't it? We'll just Once put it right there. there. Can you can you can you pin it to the background, like on a story, and it'll follow your shirt around? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? All okay, right. it'll have to live right there, I think. So, so all right, well, we got to answer that question about the, the about the pump up songs because I liked that one. Oh yeah, we got one on the on the live feed about yeah, pump up songs. You just no no yeah, someone asked there was a, an ACDC song and a Metallica oh, song, yeah. but I didn't I didn't I didn't catch what the Metallica song was. But we'll get back to it then. We should okay, tell okay. but we should we should intro the show. That's what we, we got to intro oh, yeah. the show. We're live. Everybody, we're live. <laughs> I know we've barely acknowledged that you exist, but there you are. <laughs> um, you know, it's just bodybuilding. Um, obviously, uh, we've done our 200th and our 201st episode. Uh, we're very happy to reach that milestone. So thank you to everybody who watched those episodes. If you missed them last week, go back, check them out. Um, lots of great feedback from them. Just the fact that the show keeps growing and you guys keep listening and, uh, keep coming back. And, you know, we do these episodes like our Saturday episode that was like, our we joked it was like a throwaway. Um, yeah, I had, I had three people come up to me at the gym since saturday and go man saturday's show was awesome yeah i'm like never fails we talked about hockey for like 30 minutes yeah yeah it was just funny you know and they're uh, canadians they loved it yeah but but the 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 thing was is um i think all three of them said that it just reminded them of like a whole bunch of great memories that they'd kind of not thought about for a while you know growing up watching playoff hockey and like you know, I think you talked about, you know, you know what I mean? Like the hockey mm-hmm. fights and stuff. So, so I guess that's what people get a kick out of. We can't talk about, you know, squatting constantly all the so, time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and remember like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Oh, I delayed Coming that in with the crash. I love it. And remember I am mutant.com for all your supplement needs, all your mutant fuel. 
Um, go to immutant.com. They're a very proud sponsor of the show. They don't tell us what to do. They don't tell us what to say. They don't even really check in with us. And I don't think they actually watch which is probably for the better. <laughs> yeah, right? Only Christina watches best. and she makes sure no one else does, which is great. Yeah. It's like it's, a parent who gives the keys to their teenager. Yeah. And then is like, I don't want to know what you do in the car. Just yeah. have it back by midnight. And don't get a ticket. You know, don't get that's a ticket, it. Right. Right. Yeah. So like they're banging in the back seat. They're smoking dope. <laughs> they're drinking and driving. They're hitting mailboxes with baseball bats in the country. They're doing all that shit, right? You bring back memories. Got the car back at midnight, right? So the parents are like, "You're a good kid." That's how mutant treats us. So, and just like your parents, they know better, but they do it anyways. Yeah, Yeah, like I, I know what I was doing in the back seat of that car, but I'm sure he's not. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. So go to iammutant.com. Remember your code: BigRon20 and Dusty20. Yep. And uh, we'll take care of you. And it, we get little gold stickers, I think, or someone like when we're I got in two kindergarten. Last year. They're nice. Thank you last year. Okay. So, yes, we are live. So, producer Scott, thankfully, he's here because he keeps us on target to actually do stuff that's like not structured, but you yes. know, he's like, we got to have an opening topic. We do. got to have something to bring I. the people in with bodybuilding talk. And, about. and then the rest of the time, you can talk about, you know, hockey fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So what's the opening topic? What do we got? Biggest mistakes that you guys have made at high-level bodybuilding. So I'm not talking about, like, you're just trying to figure things out and you're in the gym. But, like, I mean, you had it figured out. People look at you and they're like, oh, yeah, that dude is a legit bodybuilder. That that level, you know, because we all, we all still make yep. mistakes. So at that level, I wanted to hear, and I thought everybody else would enjoy this, too. What is a mistake that you made, like completely thinking it wasn't going to be a mistake? And then afterwards, you're like, oh, man, I totally messed up. I have so many. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot. It's like just, just 10, right? You want me to limit this a little bit? Or... Wow. I think the, the, the first one I can nail that I'm, that I'm, gonna, I'm saying it quickly so Ron doesn't steal it because we both did it, was doing movements that our body told us not to do because you're supposed to do them and we did them anyways because they have to work and some joint doesn't like it. Some, something doesn't like it. And it's not until you like step away from the sport and you realize like, Oh, I don't do that at all anymore. My shoulders are still big um, and, and, and healthier and so many other things. So for me, there was a lot of forced movements Hmm. that just did not make sense that, you know, the, the risk to reward wasn't there. And your body would tell you over and over, I don't like this. And you would do it anyways. And I think that that would be my biggest one because I, I see other people do it. And I tease guys that do it when they comment on my posts. Yeah. They're like, oh, I can't do skull crusher. They hurt my elbows. What should I do? And I sarcastically laugh and say, you shouldn't do them. And I think back to my career and I'm like, but I would have done them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree with Dusty on that one. There's, I think that forcing movements that I thought I had to do, I, I, I mentioned this quickly to my training partner the other day between sets. I said, I think I'm way, I wish I had this knowledge of training when I was still competing because I have, I have so much more like really 
deep understanding of how my body works now after all these years of training retired mm-hmm. and i realized like man i wasted so much energy with certain movements that just weren't for me and i progressed them up to some crazy poundages and they just didn't do a lot for my body and it was such a fucking waste of time and i think that a lot of my injuries stem from those forced movements and a lot of my problems now stem from them and i think some Mm. of the nerve damage i even have like i have one latin tricep that are pretty fucked up and i think that that's from really messed up up. yeah i think this forcing stuff was like a really great one that dusty picked up so what were the movements for each of you guys that you wouldn't do if you go back and do it all over again well, my my first that I that I did throw out, um, but I have to bring it up is squats. Okay, and I yeah. think that, and that one didn't cause me an injury, but I wasted a lot of time huh. because they didn't develop my legs. Because I think between my genetic body and the fact that I should be lifting things up that are heavy, not trying to be pretty, yeah. um, it was a hip and glute movement for me. So oh, yeah, yeah. But the problem was also ego gets involved and you're squatting 600. And so you're strong and it must be doing something, but it's not. Um, so that would be my one that didn't necessarily injure me. But I think that kind of fell in that line of what Ron was talking about, where like, you got to remember, like, that was a long time ago. Squats were a must. Yeah. Like you didn't, you didn't dare get in a Smith machine to squat in the early 2000s. Like that was weak. You did that if you were afraid to squat. Yeah. Oh, it was a Ronnie era. It was the Ronnie you know? era, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Ronnie, Ronnie was a king. That Whoever is Mr. Olympia used to have a dramatic effect on how everybody trained. So yeah, Ronnie, brought, Ronnie brought in the squats and the deads, man. How, how much did you guys each uh, do parking lot lunges with? Because, like, Ronnie made those famous. Oh. You know what I mean? You had to have that bar loaded, too. I could only do 225. Like, because... Only. Of how I would do them, but like that's a movement I will also say that falls into the category of like a deadlift where it's like you don't want to do it because yeah. they suck and you got to take all the crap out there and you got to load it all up. And it, you know, for me, because I, I've had the bad shoulder since hockey, like I needed two guys out there with me, which means I had to find two people as dumb as me to go outside in the Arizona summer and lunge. But it's a movement I think needs to come back. You yeah. want to see your legs explode do heavy walking lunges in a parking lot. You know, yeah. Plus, I mean, come on. There is a little bit just, it's kind of cool. You're in the in the back, sweating your ass off, you know, well, doing dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, I there's there's all sorts of movements for me. Um, I think, like, I mean, everyone was doing Yates rows, right? Everyone was mm-hmm. doing the kind of the high barbell row that yeah. Dorian did. And when you watch Dorian do it, you're like, oh, I, like, you know, his back, like, like you just see it but it it makes sense but i i felt like it was around like i mean i got up to almost four plates when i was in my 20s and that was like in Mm -hmm. like late 90s early 2000s i was doing almost four plates on those but then when i had a friend of mine talk me into bending over farther like going like you know mid shin with the bar and flatter back and rowing with a much longer rep I, I felt like, oh, man, these feel so much better and so much more effective for my back, for me, mm-hmm. with the long arms. And, I mean, I got a completely different frame than Dorian did, right? Yeah. And so when I, when I changed how I did certain things like that, I thought, fuck, I wasted so much time. And then I saw my back, like, grow. And so there was a lot of stuff like that. And squats are another one. I mean, here, here's how I look at it. 
Dusty, you were like, you were, weren't you squatting six plates for like 10 reps? Yeah, I was always really strong with those. So That's why. Here's, my, here's my logic. If you're squatting six plates for 10 reps deep and you don't have incredible quads, then squats aren't the best movement for you. Like anyone who's squatting six plates is either, you know, using their glutes and hams a lot or they're going to have massive fucking quads. Huge sorry, there's quads. one swear word. It was yeah, like three yeah. or five. Yeah, right. sorry. But, <laughs> so you know what I mean? One. Call it so one. like, and, and look at me when I was like 25 years old, I was doing bent rows with almost four plates, but I didn't have a crazy back. Huh. So like yeah. mechanically, I'm strong. I'm able to move the weight, but it's not doing enough. You know, right. like I should have massive lats, like giant, you know, ribeye steaks hanging off each side of me <laughs> if I'm doing four plate rows. Mm -hmm. So if you have a movement that you're crazy strong in and you don't have a great body part, that yeah. movement's like, it's deceiving you. Like you're yep. strong there, but it doesn't mean anything. Your muscle's not growing enough. Your risk to reward benefit is just getting worse and worse as you get stronger and stronger in yeah. that movement. You know, you go to seven plate squats, then what? Your risk to reward benefit is just off the charts bad and you still don't have big legs. Yeah. So you have to like think of like guys that bench four plates for reps and they don't have an awesome chest. It's like, eh, how much more are you going to put on that bar before your pec tendon just tears off? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like you should be doing something else to make your chest grow because this isn't the key. Just adding weight, adding weight to your flat bench is impressive, but it's not doing why you're like you're here to get a big chest. And I think that that was something that was in the way of certain things. You know, we get these blocks in our head and it happens to high level bodybuilders, too. What did you oh, find, Ron, for your back if, if that bar, heavy barbell row wasn't doing it? Like, what did work for you in the end? Well, just bending over a lot farther and getting a longer wrap and, like, ah. you know, like more reaching and stuff. It just, that, that was how my back grew, you know? Like, you know, just like one arm dumbbell rows and, like, reaching for the floor and, like, right back up to the hip, you know, none of this 45 degree stuff, you know what I mean? What I always hurt my low back. Like, I literally, like, I wanted to do those and from jump. I felt tight in the low back, you know what I mean? Just from holding my body in that position against gravity. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I'm with you a hundred on the fact that I think that that's where a lot of people make the mistake, especially like you said, Ron, I mean, it's fun to be the guy in the corner with six plates aside on the squat. Right. But it's more but fun it, to be the guy in the corner with 315 that has monstrous quads. Right. <laughs> In well, or opinion. the guy who's not even squatting the guy who's not yeah, even squatting exactly. with monstrous quads yeah. yeah yeah you know and it's it, there's a lot of things like that with the training that i did you know just you know i look back at how we used to press like i used to have Real my wide. elbows my elbows were way out there on everything for chest because that's how we all we're all like oh you got you know the more your elbows are the more pec you're using you know and now we know that that's really hard on your shoulders, you know? I'm lucky, mm -hmm. I, I'm lucky I'm in the shape I'm in still with my shoulders, you know, because I, I was doing everything like that. You know, we bring our elbows in a lot more now. I do because of, like, necessity. But, <laughs> but you know, we, we know now that, that you actually get a better contraction and, like, everything functions better. And so we're, we're a lot smarter now, but, you know, we, we missed the memo on some things. <laughs> Late to the party, like always. <laughs> So yeah. do you have anything, Ron, that's um, like not training related? Because uh, Crohn's Lifter said, interesting, you guys both went to training for mistakes. Anything with nutrition or prepping from, for shows that you would have done differently too? 
I made all sorts of mistakes that way too. Like it with, with like not mistakes, like, like how you, you put it where they, you thought they were going to make you better. Yeah. Like you're actually, yeah. you're actually trying to get better by doing something. And then you realize after, uh, you know, like I did a bunch of shows where I did my own diet. Right. So I made some mistakes like with carbs and carving up and depleting too much. My main thing was I would over deplete. Mm-hmm. If, if I was up, if it was up to me, I would always over deplete. Right. Cause I sure. thought, Oh, just gotta get peeled. This gotta get peeled. So I wasn't afraid to just, just suck down. I would do like 50 grams of carbs for six weeks straight. And then, you know, after the show go, ah, why did I get so light? Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> for six weeks, you know? And so just little things like that, there's, a, you know, there's lots of mistakes I made with, with, uh, with nutrition, you know, there's off seasons where I didn't eat enough and I didn't grow at all. And then mm. there's years way too heavy. Like the year I went to three thirty wasn't necessary. It's mm-hmm. crazy to look back on, but you know, the first 20 pounds I lost in like the first 10 days, it was just water. Mm, yeah. I was like, did I need to carry all that water around with me? <laughs> you know, didn't need to do that. You know, you lost so, over two gallons of water, basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you're yeah. 300 pounds, you can hold two gallons, you know, easily. Yeah, it's like right? taking off a pair of socks. You just miss a couple yeah. of carb meals. I yeah. can't think of anything like at the high level that I would say that I made a massive mistake on, but I would say in hindsight, similar thing with Ron was as I was heading to that level, I was very obsessive about just getting as big as possible and looking back, especially if you're, I mean, most of the listeners here are not genetic phenoms. You really got to look at yourself and the things you can't mess up. Um, I went all in on my strengths. So I was like, okay, I got to be as big as possible because my physique is ugly. And I'm just going to get huge. But I think if I would have done that slower and been mindful of my midsection, it wouldn't have been as ugly. And maybe even if it wasn't as big, it would have looked bigger. Hmm. Okay. You know, you, you lose some of that. So I think the rush to be like, okay, I just got to get big and who gives a shit was a problem. Huh. You know, so if like when I'm advising guys now, I think some of them, if they know my story well, would be a little confused because I'm constantly touching the brakes on how big we're getting. Really? Um, and watching the midsection and making sure, okay, we have that under control. I mean, guys will be dead off season. I'm like, all right, you, are you doing your vacuum work? Are you doing your transverse abdominal work? Because I was never doing it. Never. We didn't really know about that. Like, we, it wasn't part of our vocab back then. No. You know what I mean? And I wish it was because if you control that, and that's another area. It's like training abs. Like, a lot of people train abs during prep, but they don't in their off season. Yeah. Well, I'd much rather you can control your transverse abdominals when you're eating so much food because then it's going to be a breeze when you're in prep, you know, and you're going to have a lot more control over it. It's going to look a lot better on stage. So I would say that's that's probably an area that I, I missed on A because I just didn't know about it. But B, just it's really one of those things. I used to believe it's what's the fastest from point A to point B. And that's not really how I would function it now. Not mm-hmm. in bodybuilding. Yeah. You're muted. Ron's muted. I'm muted. I had some barking dogs. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, there's years where I showed up and like, you know, I, I mean, you know, I was like, oh, wow. You know, I'm really happy with that look, you know, you know, whatever about the placing. But, you know, I had a great look that year. But there was always a bunch of stuff. I was like, ah, oh, man, a little mistake there, a little mistake there. Like, like, I don't think like 
I don't think there's a single prep. I did 24 shows. I don't think there's a single show where I'm like, ah, I could have done this. I could have done that. Like, you know, we're never happy. We're never really happy with the physique. We're never really happy with the presentation. There's always something that could have been better. There's, you you know, it's, that's kind of one of the problems about being a bodybuilder, you know, at any level, but especially when you're like, you know, trying to turn pro or a new pro or like kind of up in that level is you're just so critical of everything. And, you know, there's no, there's no year where I thought, man, I did everything right. That never, (laughs) ever happened ever not but once you, it was always like oh man you know but so. do you find you look back both of you guys and and realize that your physique was a lot better than you gave credit for not against anybody else just looking back at yourself oh yeah i mean i have a handful of photos i look at and i'm like jesus like i mean now like you know i'm almost 10 years removed from from that you know so i i look back at like some of the stage photos and i'm like oh man you know <laughs> the end of the day, I can't believe I ever looked like that. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 266 pounds on stage, you know, like I just, whatever, it's just crazy, you yeah. know? So, and, and that also is what makes me respect all bodybuilding. Like I understand the frustration that some guys must go through who maybe don't have the genetics to ever turn pro but they love bodybuilding and they're trying to win like the local show or or the state show or something like that. I have just as like, I, that's why I have so much respect for all of those guys. Cause it's, Mm -hmm. it's the same battle for everyone. Agreed. It's the same. It doesn't get easier. It doesn't get better. The battle, Mm -hmm. you go to the next level, you still feel the same about your physique. You're like, man, I need bigger arms. These guys are all so good. I just like it, it, it's, it does not, change it didn't change for me i was always like like you know that's why i trained the way i did because i was desperate to try to get better because i felt like everyone around me was like all the guys i was competing against were so good i was just like man you know do you feel like that helps you though you know what i mean because i feel like i've always had a sense of um of like uh, competitiveness like even like before bodybuilding when i was in art school we had to do a critique like every Friday or every two Fridays and we'd have to put up whatever we're working on. All our photos would go up there and I'd be like, I not only want to have like the best, I don't, not the best stuff in this critique. I want to like bury everybody by a mile. <laughs> so like I'll put extra hours in, in the dark room. You know what I mean? It's, you right, do the yeah. same thing in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was always aware of, I mean, because I got programmed with that like recovery stuff with the Dorian era. I, I was always aware, like, okay, I don't want to be one of those add, add, add more, more, more guys. Cause uh, I know what will happen there. And I experienced uh-huh. it a little bit. Like I did too much cardio a few times. I, I had a year where I, I double split my training and hit everything twice a week Yeah, right. and just buried myself in volume and effort. Like and double the, the volume the, basically. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, at least. And, and, and. <laughs> At least. And I wasn't, and I, I wasn't any better at the show. Like, and then I thought, mm-hmm. wow, what a waste of effort. What an inefficient year. Yeah. I like did all those sets and I trained everything twice a week and I wasn't really better on stage. Like what a huge waste of time. And to me, time is money. So, mm, of course. so to me, that's just a, like a really big waste. You know, if you can look the same with half the volume the year before, yeah. Like, 
That's a huge loss. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple years like that, you know, where I just bombed my body with volume and wound up not really any better, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was sick of that. Ah, Man, I could have been just napping on the couch and resting, you know? That's what I would have been doing. I got another question for you guys. Yes. Uh, but but I, before I said it, I wanted to tell everybody who's watching, we're going to need listener questions for this episode too. So I've got yes. a couple of them here. I'm highlighting everything you guys have. In fact, we just got another one from Andy. I've got some good comments too. So keep commenting that stuff. If you've got any over-unders, post those up as well, um, and we will get to them. But I, I did have to ask you guys. So this came to me uh, yeah, a couple days ago. I, I had the chance to go down to Elite FTS and record a podcast with Dave Tate. So that was the shirt. Love the thank shirt. You. Yeah, I wore the shirt today. He gave this to me. It's got something cool on the back, too. It's got the. I don't know if you can oh, see nice. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a special shirt that he made up for the guests. So oh, that's I feel, awesome. That's cool. I feel privileged. But you're one of the club. Yeah. So, and it was awesome, man, getting to hang out down there at Elite. And, you know, because it's, it's a place that you can't just like pay for a day pass and walk in it's a you know yeah. private place and um you know i i spoke to him on the show for like over three hours we talked for like another two three hours after that like it was a full day of literally just talking to dave tate which blew my mind but you know it got me thinking because we were talking about uh you know doses of gear and mm-hmm. and i had said one of my thoughts was you know you gotta you gotta draw the line somewhere and we're talking about guys who don't need to use as much. And I mentioned Dusty. I was like, Dusty's first cycle was like 100 milligrams of Primone. He gained like 20, was it 20 pounds that you gained on that cycle, by the way? Yeah, it was, yeah, let's say it's 20 or 22 pounds, yeah. So you gained over drastic. 20 pounds on 100 milligrams of Primo. That's like, you know, a, one-seventh of a lot of people's Primo dose plus test plus everything else. And, and we're talking about, though, like, where do you draw the line? Because as a bodybuilder, you want always want more. So mm-hmm. if you can get 22 pounds out of 100 milligrams of Primo, why stop there? So the question that I started thinking was, so you probably, you know, you've been able to get big and, and do a lot of great stuff without doing crazy doses, but you had to want to know because you're a bodybuilder. What was the highest you had gone to? Because you had to have tried. Oh, no, that's that's I think that's the misconception is. There was a big, especially back when I was more uh, relevant, there was a lot of conversation. I was lying and all these things. Like, It's not that I never did those things. It's that they didn't garner the return. Exactly what Ron was talking about with the training. It's like, it's not that I didn't say like, what will 1400 milligrams of test do? Yeah. You just do it with your normal cycle and you're like, oh, nothing. Like I would see different side effects or sexual side effects. I'm like, Oh, I ain't trading that shit in. Uh, let's get back down to 750 where I like life. Um, but that was literally how it was. Is it just, and it wasn't financial. Like that's the thing I think people get confused on is if it would have worked better and would have made sense, I would do it. But that's kind of been a built in argument for me with everything I do in life is like, okay, but is it worth more? So if I spend, let's say, double the money or double the risk, I need to be getting at least three quarters additional benefit or, you know, if, if I can't get double, mm. you know, so like if I was going to put on 10 pounds with 750 milligrams of test, but if I went to 1500, I was going to put on 15. I'm in. 
<laughs> like, let's do it. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think that's where the things happen. And I know Ron, and I've talked about this uh, in person before. That never was the case. Uh, the only thing I can say that I ever took high dose, I was like, oh, okay, that's the difference was growth. Hmm. I ran growth at just eight IUs, which was double my usual during a part of a prep. And that was the year that Chris and I were going along and my weight came down, I want to say to 252 or something. And then we upped it and I stepped on stage at over 260, like on the stage. No kidding. And I was You didn't like, have to like pull that. It didn't like create too much water or anything like that. We ran it till the Wednesday before. Okay. And wow. then literally when I stepped on the stage and I was sliced out of my head and the muscle was round and I'm a typical white guy, so I don't have round muscle. And I was like, okay, real growth taken at high level during prep works. No two ways about it. I, mean, I put on muscle mass during a prep. But other yeah. than that, literally nothing. Everything else that's in, the, and I, people laugh, but it's 300 trend, 300 Mastron and whatever test. That's my baseline. That was it. Always was. Anything more, more than that? I didn't get anything back from it. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. I, I had one year where I just did everything a lot. And that was out of frustration. And it was, uh, I've talked about 2013 before. It was like one of my worst years competitively. And I trained the most by far. And I took the most gear by far. And it was my worst year placing wise. Huh. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like how I looked and you know, I was very disappointed with everything. It made me take 2014 off completely. Cause I just, just disillusioned with whether I had another show in me at all. And I, you know, I just, I just sledgehammered my body that year. And I looked back and, you know, after it was over and I thought, man, that was so stupid. Like mm -hmm. I just turned everything to 11, just cranked the amp. You know, like Spinal Tap, just fucking 11, <laughs> 11, 11, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, I wasn't better. I was worse. I was worse. Right. I got hurt a bunch of times, a bunch of just dumb shit. And it yeah. was all because I was like desperate. I was like, man, I was just, just swinging for the fences, you know? And then that's why 2015 came around and I said to Chris, this is my last show. And I'm not doing anything dumb. I'm just going to train smart and try to stay healthy and just come in peeled. And if that's it, that's it. And I just mm -hmm. happened to get my pro card. But, you know, so that's, that's how that all went down. 2013 was like the peak of my stupidity. And it was just because I was like, you know, I'd, I'd been all this conservative guy, you know, with doses. Everyone kind of knew me as a low, lower dose guy and, and, you know, all that stuff. And, and I thought, man, did I waste so many years doing that that, I missed my window, you know, mm -hmm. that's how I kind of thought. I thought, man, I did that low dose stuff for so long that now I'm too old to, to turn pro, you right. know? So that's why I, I cranked it and it was just, what a waste of time. And, you know, obviously my blood work was a disaster afterwards and I was like, oh God, I got to fix all this. And everything went back to normal just by resting. But, you know, it was just one of those dumb years and it was all out of frustration. And, you know, when you, when and that comes down to making emotional decisions and how, when you make decisions mm. with emotions, you, you, you never, ever, you usually almost never make the right call, you know? And I would just had an emotional year. I'd gone through a big breakup in 2012. So there was like all this just, you know, it was just one of those like perfect storms for me to be an idiot, 
<clears throat> no. That was the year then. Was that the year that, that uh, Chris said he wouldn't want to work with you again if that's the way you were? Uh, actually, that was the year before that when I went through the okay. breakup. Okay. I got nailed you. that got prep. You. I nailed that was a smart prep, smart training. Like, you know, that was me being sensible with the prep and training. But yeah. my mindset was not was terrible. Chris said I was negative. How did but, that? How did you deal with that whole thing? Then 2014, you took off. You know, it, it, I, I can relate to that. And it's funny because as much as we say, like, oh, you can't really base how good of a bodybuilder you are off of your placing because we never know what's going to happen. And it's easy for me to say that to somebody else. But when you're in yeah. those shoes and you're the guy that doesn't get it, like it sounds like you almost quit bodybuilding and would have never turned pro at that point. I saved him. It was simple. Yeah. I turned pro and he's like, if he can turn pro, I can absolutely turn pro. And that was it. <laughs> Actually, I You're remember welcome. when Dusty, I remember when Dusty turned pro. I remember yeah, yeah. being like, like, oh fuck, they're just giving these away now. Like, <laughs> if I leave now, one. I'm gonna regret it. It was, it was, it, it, it was like cards. watching Oprah. You know, you get a pro card, you get a pro card. <laughs> oh, God. It's like a new seat. <laughs> that was it. So, yes, I saved Ron's pro card. Um, it's yes. what I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that would have given me things. confidence if I was coming up. I'd be like, if this guy can get one, yeah. At the we North Americans, no we'll less. Dusty the Pro Maker. <laughs> But for a different exactly. reason. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was funny. Oh, 2014, 2014 was funny because I saw a bunch of people like um, this guy that I'd competed against for years and, and I'd placed <clears throat> ahead of him every time. He was a great bodybuilder, but I'd always placed ahead of him. And he wound up winning the overall in 2014. And I was like, fuck, man, you know, that guy turned pro and I always placed ahead of that guy. And, and you know, like, am I too old now? Like, am I too busted up? Have I had too many injuries? You know, all the guys, the guys from behind me now are starting to turn pro like, man, you know, like, what did I, did I, did, you know, I just thought maybe I missed my window by just not quite leaning into. And, and one of the things was gear. I thought, man, did I not lean into the gear hard enough? Like if I would have leaned into the drugs, uh, if I would have leaned into the drugs a little more with a little more thought and a little bit more like, like, you know, a little bit more aggression, maybe it would have added up over time and I'd already be a pro. You know what I mean? I had all those thoughts and that's kind of. That's kind of, but I, you know, 2013, it just was such a disappointment that I knew that wasn't the case. Yeah. So just one of those things, you know, but yeah, it comes down to making decisions with emotions, you know? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. You, know, you gotta, I, I, that reminded me, and I know, you know, the story wrong, but I got to share it. Um, <clears throat> so back in the day, uh, Chris Cook, who was, I was a huge fan of, he became a friend. He had won the super heavyweights at the USA's two years in a row, mm -hmm. but couldn't win the overall. And back then that wasn't good enough to turn pro. Yeah. So um, he reached out to Chris Aceto after the USA's. And he said, hey, man, I got to I got to give this show a run. Will you help me? And Chris said, sure, I'm going to charge you X. Um, I know the number, but I want to say it. And um, <clears throat> Chris was like, Chris Cook was like, ah, it's a. It's a lot, man, on the short window. And he goes, well, if you don't win, I'll give it back to you. Huh. No kidding. And he was like, okay. So they do, the, they do the show. He wins the overall at Nationals. 
and he Chris Cook told me this. He goes, I'm sitting there afterwards, and we're at dinner, and Chris Aceto actually came to dinner, and he goes, I'm just kind of like staring out, and Aceto said to him, you good? And he, he goes, he looked at him, and he goes, I always thought it was the drugs. Huh. Yeah. And you and you took them all away. No and kidding. I won. Yeah, so it was like that was a I was he played a big role. That story played a big role in me listening to Dante and the people who kept telling me I don't need more. Yeah. Um yeah. <clears throat> because like you asked, I mean, yes, I'm a I am a what does it take to get where I want to get guy? But having the right people in your corner, they're like, that's not gonna be the secret for you. And then having his story, yeah. a guy who really was genetically that good, say actually he did better with less, was a wake up. Because there was no reason for him to tell me that. It wasn't like he wasn't pretending, he wasn't geared out of his mind for years. Right. It just worked yeah. better. I, I uh, actually um, can say without hesitation that the three years that I can remember using the most gear were my three worst looks. No kidding. <laughs> it's really crazy. And then if I think about like the three or four shows where I was at my absolute like best condition, like, you know, aside from the development mm -hmm. of my physique, but the best conditioning were all the years where I was on like kind of the least amount of gear. Hmm. And it, it just makes me think like, you know, we think about recovery and your body managing all these things going on at the same time. And, you know, we think, well, would you add, would you add five working sets of legs to your week? you'd have, well, there'd have to be a benefit because that's five extra crazy hard sets that are going to dig into my recovery and blah, 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 blah. But when we add drugs, we're also digging into our body's energy, our body's ability yeah, to handle poisoned. and manage and metabolize <laughs> yeah. everything. And, you know, and when we just pile the drugs on, we're giving our body a bunch more to do and a bunch more to work with and a bunch more to mm -hmm. deal with. And, you know, it's, it's like we, we forget that it's all like, um, it's like running a city. Like if you just bring 5,000 people in and put them in new condos, well, now you need some garbage men to take the garbage away. Yep. Did you hire some more garbage men? Right. If you didn't, yeah. you're yeah. going to have garbage problems, <laughs> right? And that's, that's what we're doing when we're bringing more drugs in, bring in more drugs, bring in more drugs, bring in more drugs. Okay. Well, can your body, can your body get rid of the, can your body manage all this? Like what's going on mm -hmm. in your body? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of the problem when guys are prepping for shows on all this gear. And they're like, oh, I got these water. I'm waking up watery. I think I got to drop my potatoes. It's like, it's not your potatoes, man. You're on like 500 trend and your kidneys are backed up and you're not healthy. And, yeah. You know, so, you know, or whatever. They, 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 they'll, point, they'll point to anything but the gear. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. my legs aren't looking real sharp in the morning. It's like, well, are your kidneys flushing properly? Like, how healthy or unhealthy are I'm you? pissing coffee, but anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm pissing yeah. coffee. My, my, my urine's really orange all the time, but, like, man, I'm, I'm worried I'm on too many, uh, you know, too much, you know, too many carbs. It starts just too high. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of <laughs> Better cut, cut out artificial sweeteners. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on too much Splenda. It's the Splenda. Yeah. It's the Splenda. Always blame yeah. the Splenda. Always blame oh, the Splenda. There's like me. natty guys running around with shredded glutes drinking Splenda. Yes, all day. All day. So I, I got some questions, too, if you need more, uh, Scott. I got cool. some solid ones. Yeah. Excellent. We did get a super chat, too, from LS. So I need to give him a shout out. No he way. Said, uh, Thank super you. Super chat for the algorithm robot or overlords. Just oh. on my way to check in. Uh, love your content. Keep up the good work. So that was very nice. Awesome. Of him. We appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate it. For four ninety nine. Let me see what we I got love, here. 
Yeah. I love the robot overlord reference. I don't know yeah. something about that. Love it. Felt like a T-shirt to me. Well, why um, don't we start with that one that Ron was so excited about that Connie had posted? It says he says, uh, "Good morning, brothers. Uh, what's your number one song that gets you jacked up for your gym sessions? I have two: ACDC Thunderstruck and Metallica. I disappear. Yeah, those are good tunes. Um, I if I really need if I'm like really need some." some extra, you know, hot shot of adrenaline. I put on Pantera, I'm Broken, live. From the, the live album that they That's released. A good they, one. they did a live album in 97, and I'll put on the I'm Broken, and I'll crank that. And, man, that, that, that song to me is like the riff and everything. It's just such an awesome riff. And then it's such a heavy song, and uh, that live version's extra juicy because of the the outro on it they do an extended outro on it which i won't get into but it's just like so heavy and it's just <laughs> I, you just find yourself just fucking let's go so yeah pantera i'm broken is like you know that that's a break glass in case of fire break glass I put that <laughs> <one out. laughs> what about you scott now that i know your music preference i'm 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 more excited to hear where you're at with oh man so ron i sent ron um some dubstep but i i kind of i kind of tried to trick you a little bit because there was rap in it and the reason i did that i really like that song but i was like this will be a good gateway dubstep song for ron because he'll be able to associate with the rap still see what i did there it's like it's not too abstract. It's only a you know three right, minute right. long thing. There's a verse, chorus, verse. So he'll right, little structure. He's not yeah. directly putting you on the drug. He's lacing your weed yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly. and then he's gonna convert you later. <laughs> right, right, right. And the next time I go, okay. he's gonna go. I don't have any weed. I only have this. <laughs> yeah, we only have real dubstep <laughs> now. I'll do. <laughs> I like it. It's fine. Give it to me. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so I, it depends on the mood. But one that comes to mind that. I don't think people would necessarily associate me as liking is um, uh, Lil Wayne drop the world. I love Lil that Wayne track. Is fantastic. Dude, he is mind blowing. Like he's, they used to him. play. So at uh, powerhouse Highland park, they play all sorts of like really dark rap and stuff and like hardcore stuff. And you know, no, no editing, anything like that. Beautiful. Yeah. And I remember hearing some Lil Wayne stuff up there that I hadn't heard before. And it's like 95 degrees. And so it's probably like 105 in the gym. Even though mm. you see like the fans turning, you don't feel it. And you're just like sweating and sweating. And you're like, you're doing a John Meadows program and you're like 27 sets in. And it's like you're at that point where you're you're sweating, but you're starting to feel cold at the same time. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I love and, that I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and it's like you're just in a zone. You know what I mean? Like in between sets, you're just kind of like dazing off a little bit. And then when it's time to go, you just turn it the fuck on. I know I swore, but I had to. You had to. He's right. passionate. You know? and, and a song like Drop the World might come on. And when it does, that next set is like, it's just, it's, it's, that's life truly that's like the set you know what i'm saying i'm so glad i asked you this question i, I don't even i don't even want to answer i'm just gonna like say the words back like, next question please <laughs> i love lil wayne because i'm stunned by that and that is my go-to dude he's that. insane too i think i think he really is in a in the best way 
Yeah, that's a, that's a compliment. So I think I, I don't. I'm curious to know what Ron's musical thoughts are on this. But I love Bodies by Drowning Pool. Oh yeah. Oh. So like what? That, what movie turn was it that? On and, while you're like while you're sliding your knee your, your knee sleeves on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're good. So what what war movie was that where they crank bodies in the tank? And then they roll oh. out, and they just. <laughs> what, what? I don't even know, but that's the greatest. The scene yeah. in my head is already locked in. Oh yeah, it was like they're in Afghanistan or Iraq or something, and they like loaded into like the iPod or whatever they're on back then, and they like, you know, whatever CD player or whatever, and they like crank it, and they're like just going, yeah, they're blasting bodies. I love that. I can't remember what movie that was, but that scene always. I always think of that that scene when I when I hear that song. Yeah, that's great. Did you guys ever that's see Drowning that? Pool, right? Who sings that? Yeah. Drowning Pool? Drowning Pool, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, great. You guys song. ever I, see You're going to listen to that today. I know you are. Is that the Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, right? That's what it says? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do you guys ever see the parrot that sings that? No, but now I need to. <laughs> I swear to God. I just pulled it up right now. The TikTok Let's like video? The, no, it's like somebody's parrot sings it because the guy who owned it, I'm letting a commercial play right now on my phone. And I'll, okay, okay, okay. I'll play it over my phone here in a second. It's we have to watch an Acura commercial or something. I'm not buying an Acura. Amazing. He goes on too. He goes on too. That's not it. Like I wonder. I wonder how many times he had to play the song for the parrot to like pick that up. Yeah, let's put right? it on repeat. I wonder if it's just ever put it on repeat. And he leave the first date home. <laughs> All right. And, yeah. and she comes in on a dark night, and the parrot starts singing that song. And lays like, did I come to the wrong house? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have to throw this one up next because Jesse gave us a super chat. Thank you very much, Jesse. Um, he says currently twenty-seven weeks out from my first show. Already have Dusty in my corner, um, but what are some tips you would give, or if you could go back in time, some things that you would do to change um, your guy's first competition? And I got don't, another super chat too. Thank don't you. don't go. Thanks, I know I know you got Dusty coaching you, so listen to him, but. Don't go pigging out too much to try to ram it all in before the diet because then you just get fatter and then you just got to <laughs> diet harder. Just be normal. Don't get too excited. It's not that he's, big of a deal. He's actually uh, the one I told you guys like I think two weeks ago or when we did a live, <clears throat> he did another super chat, but it's like I had to like tell him to go on vacation. Like mm, he was going to yeah, go, but yeah. he's like, <clears throat> I got my food. I got the gym across the street. I'm like, you're not going to have any family when you come home. Yeah, yeah. They're all yeah, going to leave fun. you. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, there's no fear of that with him. Um, I think that, you know, the big thing is the regret from the first show or the thing I would change. Um, and it was just for me, I wasn't where he's at mentally yet. But like, it wasn't until my like third show that I realized that the suffering was the fun. And when yeah, you really right. like, when you really dig into that, when it starts to hurt and get worse and worse, you know how it is later in your career, you start smiling. Yep. Cause you're like, oh, it's coming. You know, like, you know, and, and I used to think that when, when cardio got hard or you do a set that was really nasty when you felt terrible, you're like, 
no one else is doing this. Like yeah, that you was have a to fun like ride field. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to ride that. And also remember that the one thing I always told myself, and I don't know when I started doing this, but it was like for quite a long time. But I was, I, I, I always would tell myself, prep. I mean, here I am, a terrible example, because I was like an absolute bodybuilding obsessive nut job. But yeah, but I would say like, you know, you should still be functional. Like I always had a job, you know, I was always working like, you know, these people that can't work for like the last two months of their prep. Oh my God, I can't work. Like (laughs) I was like, it's software running in the background. Like you really only train an hour a day and then you do your cardio. So like you have a couple hours a day that are actually devoted to your cooking and all that stuff. But the rest of it's just software running in the background. Like when you just like minimize a window on your computer, you just leave it on. Like your body's burning fat while you sit there. It's burning fat while you're talking to your coworkers. It's burning fat while you're sleeping because you're in a deficit. Relax. Let the diet do the work. You don't have to like feel like you're like, oh, did I burn any fat today? Yeah. If you follow the diet, you did. All you have to do is follow the diet yeah. and you'll get leaner. That's a thing. They all try to micromanage something. Okay. Gave me this diet, but you know, like I really want to burn more fat than that. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this to just eat what's on the sheet. It's so easy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or even worrying about like, am I losing fat? Like, don't worry <sighs> about it. If you've got a coach, you've got dusty on your side. Don't yeah. even worry about it. Cause if it's not working, he's going to change it. He'll you drop your food. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just tell him what you weigh next week. And that's then the thing I had before is I've had people, I'm sure you guys have had this too, where the show gets closer so you start making tweaks just based on the timeline. And they get an yeah. email back. You're like, do I not look good? And I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> well, you changed everything. I'm like, well, we only have eight weeks left. Yeah. I'm, I'm pacing the timeline. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, so, so that's a thing too, is like, I always ask people like, don't try to read into like, we're not dating and I'm trying to secretly like get in your mind. It's just part of the process. So that's not a question. Where you don't call for three days. Is that the, yeah. You know, I always I called you. immediately and I was like, listen, I got to line you up because I got your sister tomorrow night. And um, <laughs> if you want to get in now, you know, yeah, you want in or not. <laughs> yeah. My first prep, I got laid off, which I was like, so, and it was something that was coming because the company I'd worked for, like things were slowing down and they were cutting my hours back. And I knew I was getting toward getting laid off. I was like, well, this is going to be perfect. Now I'll just have like that last you know, eight, 10 weeks just to focus on my diet. Let me tell you, that was the worst thing I could have done because I was so, I had nothing else to do. I was like, yeah, I won't even try to find a job until after the show, you know? And it was miserable because then I'm like, okay, well, I did what I needed to do. Now, now what? So I just spent the whole time being hungry versus my second show. Uh, my girlfriend had thought it was such a great idea to compete. She was like, man, that was so cool for you. I want to do it. So she's dieting and I'm helping her and she competed at a smaller show two weeks before my show that the next time I got into shape. So I'm worried about her the whole time we get to her show and I was already ready. Like we walked back stage and people were like, Oh, what you competing today? Cause they thought I, plus I was tanning and stuff, but like, and I look at pictures of us and I'm backstage and my face was like totally sunken in. I'm like, why didn't I just step on stage there as well? Cause I was ready, right. you know, hundred percent. But then I realized it dawned on me after her show. I was like, Oh wow. So I'm getting on stage in like under 14 days now. And I didn't like, I didn't think about it at all. Like you said, Ron, just software running in the background, you know, mm. that's funny. That's awesome. 
All right. <clears throat> we had one more super chat here from Connor. And this one is for Ron. Um, oh. Hi, guys. Love the show. Ron is going to love this. Here's an underrated, overrated question. Van Halen. And thank you, Connor. Van Halen's a great one to pick because they got those two different eras, right? They got the David Lee Roth from, you know, 78 to 84. And then Sammy Hagar came in and, uh, and it was Van Hagar for a long time. So I was a huge David Lee Roth fan. And obviously Eddie Van Halen's one of the greatest guitar, well, possibly the greatest guitar player of all time ever. He maybe is the best, you know? Wow. Um, and, and, uh, so, you know, I, I mean, it's kind of like black Sabbath, the, the, the first 10 years with Ozzy, like that's all that matters. All the albums with Dio, no one listens to them. They're never included in the greatest hits packages, like three songs off of like six albums, seven, eight albums get used, right? Dio is great, but it just wasn't the same. Black Sabbath is the first six albums with Ozzy or whatever it is, you know, 1970 to 79. It's the Aussie era. That's it. That's all in, that matters when, when you listen to Black Sabbath. That's what I'm talking about. And that for me, it's almost the same for Van Halen. It's David Lee Roth. It's the, it's the first several albums. It's the Van Hagar stuff. I just, you know, Sammy came in. Sammy's lyrics are all about love and the heart and stuff. And David Lee Roth's lyrics were all about banging chicks and partying and driving cars. <laughs> it's just not the same. You know what I mean? Like there's a few great Sammy songs and obviously Eddie's guitar playing and the band being awesome makeup. Like there's some great Van Hagar stuff. Like, you know, the whole 5150 album was, was really, really good, but I'm a David Lee Roth fan. So it's when you go over underrated, it's just such a giant monster. You're trying to slot into anything. Um, but I would say that now they're generally underrated. There's like an entire generation of people that hmm. don't realize like they don't, first of all, don't care about guitar playing. So it doesn't matter what they hear. You could play them any guitar player and they just go, Oh yeah, that's a bunch of noise. Right. But <laughs> Eddie Van Halen, like to be that much of a pioneer and that much of a guy that like invented techniques and changed equipment, like he modified his own amp to do something that amps didn't do. And then hmm. every amp was like, Oh, that's a great idea. And now they're all like that. Like, you know what I mean? So wow. it was something Eddie did. So I'll give you a quick run. Eddie loved the tone of his tube amps. Obviously, there are Marshall stacks back then. He loved how they sounded when they were just fucking cranked, red hot, ready to melt. That was the tone. But you can't play that loud ever. Like, you can't play it in a small bar. You can't turn your amp up that loud. You can't turn your amp up that loud almost anywhere. Like, that's deafeningly brutal. Like, <laughs> But that's the tone he loved. So he took a dimmer switch off of the wall and he put it as a post master volume. Wow. So he could run the amp red hot crank up. volume, but yeah. then slide a master volume down. That's crazy. So now he's getting the tone he wants, but at an actual usable volume. But the amp is literally almost on fire. And he literally and used a dimmer switch initially? Dimmer off switch off, of, off a wall, off a light switch. <laughs> And now all the, all the tube amps have a master volume. Yeah, they do. You can crank the amp and then turn it down on yep. the other end. No one thought of that before Eddie Van Halen. But 
he changed the game. He's like, that's the tone I want. I don't want anything but that sound. That's the sound. And that's why Eddie Van Halen sounds different than anyone, especially in 1978. Wow. Listen to that first album, and he is delivered. Signed, sealed, completely developed as a guitar player. And he already has a signature tone and a signature style and all the tapping, and it's on the first album. It's all there. Eddie Van Halen comes right out of the box. And, and, and I, so I say they're underrated because of that. Wow. Wow, is all I have. <laughs> all right. I was tripped out there for a second, Scott. There was like a sound that I thought was like, it sounded like breathing that kept going on in the background. And I'm like, what am I hearing? I muted my own thing. Yeah. So if anyone is hearing that, none of us are breathing oh, in no. the mics. It sounded like, like a, it's what it sounded like over and over. And I'm like, I yeah. muted mine. I'm like, am I dying? Is this loud? <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're good. <clears throat> All right. I think we have an especially this is one for Dusty, especially uh, because you're a man who knows how to take care of his beard. Says, uh, says, uh, I've got a question for the three bearded gentlemen. I can't stand having a beard. It itches so much. What is your beard beard care routine to deal with this? I, I don't know if you I mean, I know Ron has before, but like that's only until you grow it like a little bit longer than it is. And then it ends like there's like a small stage. I know, you know, this Scott, like where if you go from like shaved or, or, you know, five o'clock shadow, there's that little window of like a week where it itches for a bit and then it just goes away. I don't even, that has nothing to do with the beard care to me. Um, the only thing that I do as far as that is make sure my skin stays moisturized. Yeah. So you don't get like dandruff all over your shirt from your beard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's it with that. I mean, you know, I'm about the laziest person when it comes to self-care. Like, <clears throat> it's funny. You live with three females, and they're like, I need this cleanser. I need this. I'm like, oh, I just, like, let the soap run down my face from my head. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, face is clean. Moving on. Um, <laughs> you know, so all, all I do is in the when I'm, I dry it and then throw oil in it, and that's it. The oil. The that's, that's the key yeah. one for me, too. And that, mm -hmm. that provides moisture, too. And... Uh, if you have a wife or girlfriend, then you don't have like a very bristly hard beard that they, you know, don't like. So there's yeah. Ron? better too. You have some beard care thoughts? That? Yeah, I uh, I just have like a beard soap that I use. Yeah, know? like uh, just pump in my hand. I don't know. I got it for Christmas. I don't. I'm not like one of those guys that gives a fuck. I just <laughs> use what Emily bought me for He's Christmas. Like, I have one. Yes. Yeah. And I just scrub it in there. But every once in a while, if it's bothering me or if I feel like it's getting flaky and it's and I and the cream and stuff, I just shave it off. Start fresh. Yeah. And I noticed that you guys don't ever do that. So you must be doing something. Like, I, I just go, ah, like give me problems. I just take it off. No, I'll just condition it like it's hair. So like once or twice a week, you just use conditioner. So it goes down to your skin. Yeah, but then yeah. those the day after that sucks because your beard is too soft, and it doesn't look right. It's like this is a real. It's kind of like have you ever done this? I'll, I, this happens all the time. I'll see a girl go, "Oh, your hair looks great." And she goes, "Oh, I haven't washed it for three days." I'm like, "Oh, well, yeah. I like you dirty." <laughs> like, <laughs> so I think it's the same for dudes with beards. Like, if you ever see a guy whose beard looks really good, it's probably dirty as shit. So, <laughs> there's your answer. That's it. Michael Devereaux, another super chat. Thank you very much. He uh, he has an incredible gym, by the way. I think he's in Indiana. I want to say, and he has a we we Dusty. You remember we did a a tour of his gym 
on an episode that Ron couldn't make it. Yes. That's who we're looking at here. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible gym that he's got set up. So. Oh, uh, yeah. What else do we got here? He says he's going to try the, the beard soap and see how that works for him. Oh, man. We had a, like a, a big one for Ron here. I'm going to let you think about this one for right now, Ron. We'll come back to it from Rob. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Put this one in the on the back burner. I have a question uh, from Rob also. Go ahead. Dude, he says, who is the most underrated leader in world history? So just start thinking about that. Uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> Damn. Underrated? <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> who, who did you say? Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> We had one um, about the Palumbo keto diet, and a guy wanted to try to gain muscle. Do you want to take that, Dusty, or do you ha- do you have something from your questions that you want to that you want to throw? Out? I have one that I think people need to know. Yeah. So I want you guys to focus for a minute and listen in on this one. If you guys each had to fight one woman from history, who would you fight? Uh, one that I could <laughs> easily beat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be someone like, you know, it's like someone you despise, you know, oh. I mean, there's, it's got to be some violence behind it. There's so many but for then, us. Scott, if I name right someone now, who's am I, if I name someone who's currently alive, will YouTube pull the episode down for a physical threat? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. That's a very important question. Right. Um, I, mean, I like, guess it depends hmm. on how you phrase the answer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would. This is a this is a this is a verbal altercation <laughs> as far as YouTube. Scott goes to murder. Yeah, I would murder. <laughs> wait, well, we were fighting. We're we were fighting before. Oh, wait, and that, that was part of fighting. Is that not part of fighting? Wait a second. I'm, I'm never confused. fighting Scott. Just for understand, the guys. I'm from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. Things are a little different around here. Great to murder. We don't. The fight is not over until one is not there's breathing. Murder. Okay. That's, the fight's over. That's, how you, that's how you know when you win, right? <laughs> there's a murder. Oh, boy. Okay, we are not discussing who we're killing on It's Just Body. Like, moving on to the other Ron's, yeah. Rob's yeah, yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, from Instagram, but we cannot answer this question. We will lose. We thought about show. it, and we're moving on. <laughs> All right, okay. Robert has one for us. Then, if you guys don't want to answer that, you guys no, want to answer that, that one? It's, okay. it's derailed now. We're going to be in trouble. All right, I'm afraid to even name a fictional woman like a TV character that I punch in the face, just in case the bot didn't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. All right. So Robert says uh, I've been on a Palumbo style keto diet for a year and a half now. I've been very successful in weight loss, down fifty plus pounds. I've been very happy with my gym performance noticeable muscle gains, uh, and strength. Um, I hear on many podcasts how important carbs are um, to your body uh, gym performance uh, and have become concerned that I'm leaving gains on the table by consuming such minimal carbs. This might be fun. We might not agree. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I was just going to say, first of all, if you've lost 50 pounds of fat then that clearly was your priority and you've yeah. done a fantastic job at that. And I would say your diet is, is doing really good things for your situation. Um, there's a lot of variables. I mean, yeah, carbs are a preferred fuel source, but also too, it all depends on how you train. If you also kind of train on the lower volume end, you don't need as many carbs. You can function, you can train really, really hard on low carbs if you're not doing a ton of volume. Mm-hmm. And and your body's obviously in a good groove. You said you were really happy with your mo- your gym performance, which I assume means your strength has been good. Um, so 
I mean, are you as lean as you want to be yet? Or do you have another 50 pounds to go? That's where I would say the crossroads get to, gets to. Like if your goal is to get abs and you have abs now, maybe we're in a time where we can explore adding carbohydrates to your diet for performance reasons and just see. But if you're still got to lose another 50 pounds, I'd say soldier on, man. Just keep slamming, drop another 50 pounds, you know? I don't know. It, it, there's, there's some variables. I can't tell someone it's time to eat carbs. I'd have to know more. I was going to say at the end of the day, <clears throat> first off, make sure you're mentally switching gears. I think a lot of people screw themselves where they decide they want to turn left and right at the same time. Yes. Like, yep. I want to get leaner and I want to get bigger and I want to do both today. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. what do I got to take? Yeah, exactly. That's easy trend. Um, but, uh, you know, what it really this. comes down to is if you're like you said, Ron, if you're if you're happy enough at the moment for your leanness, if you feel your performance in the gym is up, why don't you just try bumping up your fats and see what happens? Because at the yeah. end of the day, at the true end of the day, everyone's body is a little different. If you're doing phenomenally on that, your digestion is good and everything feels good. You just need more calories to grow. So they can come from fats, see how that goes. And then the only thing I would suggest is if you're going to bring in carbs at some point, don't change anything else. Don't change your training volume, your sleep, your supplements, anything else. Bring the carbs in. What happens? Like let your body decide the answer to the question. This is a thing I tell clients all the time. Like I don't decide what we're going to do with your diet. Your body tells me what to do. Yeah. We throw something at it it responds. We listen to its response. We make adjustments. That's a mistake. I think you, a lot of people make when they're flying solo, Scott, is they're like, you're going to do this and this is going to happen. Yep. Because you know, know, there's good insight that putting carbs around your training is going to, you know, help you grow as much muscle as possible. But yeah, mm -hmm. does that apply to you? Yeah. Cause I mean, basically like the, the big thing I read there was the gym performance. And I think you got twofold. Is that the diet or is that because you're your cardiovascular in better shape. You're not as fat. You know, I don't know what we're leaving on the table possibly. Let's see what Andy he does say, yeah, he says, thank you so oh, yeah. much for taking my question. I do have another 50 pounds to lose. Um, also, info, a lower volume, higher intensity training. Performance has Perfect. been good. Thank you so much, guys. Keep it up. Yeah, just, just keep going then like you have been. And don't try to rush it now. That'll be where you have an issue. Like if you have another 50 pounds, it's still a lot. Yeah. Just keep slowly chipping away at that and, and you'll do both. And because your strength is going up, you are going to break the rules a little bit yep. and put on a little tissue at the same time. So win -win. Absolutely. Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize that if you're going from, say, like just eating chaos, you know, nothing mm -hmm. and then having a burger for lunch or whatever and then not eating anything and then having a, you know, microwave pizza for dinner. If you go from that to eating a to eating a Palumbo style diet, uh, you know, five servings of protein a day, that in itself, you're going to start recomping to an extent, even while you are losing fat. So I think that that, you know, it'll be good. Ron, he, he updated us. He told us he does have another 50 pounds to go. Yeah. I'd say congratulations on the amazing gains. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, obviously the diet works. We got one here about IGF DES dosages per day. I'm going to rephrase his question. Ron, when you turned pro, how much IG, I'm going to ask each of you a question. When you turned pro, how much IGF DES were you using per day? Zero. 
Dusty, when you turned pro, how much IGF DES were you using a day? I've never used it in my life. Okay. I kind of rephrased his question for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I remember being on the message boards, which is nowadays like the same people I think are on Reddit. And you could like go on Reddit and learn all about like proper dosing of IGF and this and that. And I really had it in my head like, oh, okay, so all these pros, they all have to be using a lot of, a lot of IGF. And at the time, we were using all the LR, R, LR3. I was like, right. so they got to be using a lot, obviously, to get to the size of a guy like Dusty Hanshaw. And then the first person who told me they didn't was John Meadows. He's like, no, I never touched that stuff. I was like, wait a minute. So there's all these other guys that I'm talking to that are my size, light heavyweight, middleweight, you know, and we're all trying and we're using this stuff like crazy. And we think we need it when guys like John Meadows and now I hear Dusty and Ron never touched it once. So I think there's something to be said in that. That's all. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I just, I mean, I used LR3. I used a bunch of that in the day, just trying it out and stuff. But, um, I mean, this stuff has never been what made the difference. Like, I never saw anyone, like, order stuff off a peptide site and then the following year show up looking different. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've seen guys, I've seen natural guys start using steroids and the next year they look a lot different. I've seen guys use real growth hormone for the first time and the next year they look different. But I've never seen anybody add any of this stuff. And the next year it was like, what'd you do? Right. Never, not Agreed. once, ever. So it falls into that, like, you know, creating an optimal environment. There's a million things that do that, you know. Again, I don't know. I just have no experience with the DES at all. So. And I don't I think know you anyone come down to if you need to know the exact know dose, then I think that's kind of part of your answer. Because like if somebody comes to me and they say, "I'm natural, how much of this IGF should I use?" I'm like, I don't know. And if they come to me and they say, "If I take 200 milligrams of test for 10 weeks, am I going to get bigger?" I'm going to go, "Yes, yes, you are." <laughs> Without Again. question. Did you this get your Costco us, membership yet? Yeah, we're full circle. Okay, you're Costco ready. Membership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like how Dusty and I saw that at the same time. Yeah, I just, it was full circle. Here it is. Here it is. I just thought I'd throw but this you one see, that there. wasn't part of your Costco list last week. It was not. Aceto is going to get Andrew Jack at his best. Are you guys excited? We talked a little bit about that last week. Very, mm -hmm. very. I'm, I'm, I haven't been excited about an Arnold in a minute because i've told ron about this and this is no disrespect to all the guys that are much better than i ever was but we came up in an era where it was nuts i mean i've seen branch kai dex jay ronnie win arnold classics so it is not the same currently um even live i just it, no one has blown my mind in a minute and this show is very exciting because i feel like it's going to be a war which is which is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I think that I'm a lot more excited to see Andrew now that he's working with Aceto because I yeah, want to see if there's a I want to see what the what the difference is. Like was Aceto able to help him? And we all know that it's mostly like a communication and a, and a mental thing at that level. You know, Aceto, yeah. you know, helping him is 
is uh, is a lot more to do with that. So I just, well, I'm really interested. I, I do want to just comment the one guy here, Ryan said, uh, Fuad's latest pick shows IGF difference, but it's in conjunction over a year. I think that picture was also, Fuad was talking about using real IGF too, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. I just want to say that that's not, we were t- that's not what we were talking about. We were talking about the DES. But anyway, sorry. Picture he posted a like a before and after. Yeah, I guess that's what he's saying. But I'm just saying that probably wasn't DES that he was talking about. So that's just I thought I'd throw that in for context. I will add too that you know, and and this isn't like a scare tactic, but it's something that I had to be concerned about, and I still did use IGF too. I don't want to say two things. I don't want to say that it's not going to do anything for you, but I do feel like it's not the fountain of youth or the key that I once thought it was. Right. And I would like to pass that info on to anybody else who's listening so that they may save some money that I had spent that I didn't need to spend. That's really kind of like my biggest concern is like, I really felt like I needed something. And at the end of the day, it wasn't as big of a deal as I, as I thought it would have been. I'll say that. And I'll also say, um, from what I heard, the way Dr. Eric Serrano had explained it is that, so when you take growth hormone, your IGF, excuse me, IGF levels go up, right? And that's all great for muscle growth and it grows everything. And when you use, so, so basically IGF helps to keep a cell, a cell growing and our body has mutating cells all the time. Cells grow, they mutate, and then our bodies recognize that and they die. Um, if you have a mutating cell that continues to grow, that's called cancer. And if, if you're using growth hormone and the IGF goes up, the way he put it, there's like a series of checks and balances, and I, I don't know how that works, that, that kind of keeps everything in alignment. Whereas if you just take straight IGF, then you are possibly more likely to keep that cell growing that would have otherwise died. Meaning you may, with not with growth hormone, but with pure IGF, you may have cancer that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And Dr. Rhonda Patrick had done a ton of research on IGF, and she had said that, you know, there, there are the pros and the cons, that if you take IGF, your quality of life might be better, but you will possibly have a shorter life. If you keep mm-hmm. your IGF levels really low, like longevity people do, you may have a longer life, but the quality will be lower. So there's, she calls it the IGF trade-off. So just things mm-hmm. to think about, you know, beyond yeah. bodybuilding about like what our long-term status is. And I know a guy who, there was no proof of this, but he was a local guy who died of brain cancer and he absolutely loved IGF. And I don't know how long he had that brain cancer before he had stopped taking it, but I know he was pushing pretty hard with bodybuilding. He loved growth. He loved IGF. And then one day he had to stop because they found out he had a tumor in his brain. And I would hate to have been like taking that stuff for a couple months even, you know what I mean? made that right matters. right so we, we gotta draw okay. one one question here yeah. from uh matt blevins blevins i was going there be- next because that shirt yes mutant is doing so we did a little uh co-op between me and them and that shirt will be available i think in a month on uh, i'm yeah. com. so up and to the, uh 5xl and the finished product look awesome dusty was wearing yeah. one the other day yeah, so they're, they're, the new, they're, I will say that the, uh, the ones we did together are better than mine were because yeah. I love the material that they did on the shirt and the cut. So I'm excited for people to see them. It's like it's a leg day shirt. Yeah. Really oh, good. yeah. I've got one. 
Oh, yeah, <laughs> Scott's got like, one. I have one. I got one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think okay. you might, you and, and a couple of us are the only ones that do. So really, oh, I feel special. Yeah. I, in fact, I wore it the other day to train in, and I thought I, I didn't need to take a shower yet, but Victoria smelled it, and she was like, "You need to go take a shower and throw that shirt in the laundry." <laughs> <laughs> True love, Thank you. true love. So it means it was a good workout. Mm-mm. On the note of shirts, uh, question for Dusty. If I bring a shirt to the Arnold Expo, can you cut it like you make your cutoff shirts? That would not be the first time that's happened. In fact, I think I cut shirts at every expo. Do you really? So yes. Yeah. I did three of them in Germany. How do you or, cut I them? I mean, in England. I just cut them the way I do, but it's just... Apparently, people like the way I do it. It's like it's blind cut, just from the under the lat up to the trap, you know. So it's a little more, a little more back and trap is showing the way I do it. But I think mm. the reason people mess it up is because you don't want to cut off your logo in the front either. Oh. Whatever's there. So, okay. Bring me sharp. Bring me sharp scissors, Andy. Sneak those in. Smuggle. Smuggle. Stephen is cooking beef right now, and he says, um, "How should I season my?" Three, I'm guessing three pounds of ground beef that I'm cooking right now. What's well, your go-to? You basically, have... what's your go-to beef seasoning? I use Dale's, the sauce. With three pounds, I would do three tablespoons of Dale's and then onion powder and garlic powder, and that's it. Dale's is amazing. It's I liquid. use Highs. Highs seasoning salt. I just put it on everything. Egg See? white, steak, chicken, fish. I don't care. Just put it on Women. everything. You know, uh, let's see. Emily. Question for the show. Me and my wife are uh, going to BC this summer from Toronto. And I was wondering oh. if Ron could recommend a few spots to check out close to his gym. I already have Iron Bull on my list. Oh, well, Iron, Iron Bull fantastic. was sold and it's now called Sushi Way. And but it still says Iron Bull on the wall. So this is Iron Bowl on the wall. They're transitioning, but still the gym, still the restaurant across from the gym, still eat there all the time. So, yeah, yeah. So I think they're feeling there. their losses from us not being there after a week. Because I <laughs> yeah, ate yeah, yeah. there like twice a day, every day while we were there. Yeah, yeah. And so did Jamie and so did Scott. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what else? So you got to give them another spots. I mean, you, Ron's the worst person to ask about food, by the way, but go ahead. Is this just food? <laughs> Is he just saying food? He said spots. So maybe well, you have some other suggestions. Yeah. Well, I mean. No, he doesn't have that either, unless you want to ride a yeah. bike. Um, yeah, no. Well, there's this one parking lot behind the superstore. Yeah, pretty flat, pretty flat, not Dry. the best. Sometimes there's some junkies there. It smells like urine, but it'll do for February. Um, you know, stuff like that. I got a million of them. Oh, uh, there's just if you're in, first of all, if you're coming out to BC, it, I'm not into raw fish, but if you like sushi, then it's like a smorgasbord of the like the best sushi restaurants you can find in Canada True. all over the place. So just keep that in mind that you're in like sushi heaven out here in, in Vancouver. Oh, I know where <laughs> you should go. I want, I don't, can you put this on the screen? If I do, I have to, do I have to message this to you. Okay. One sec. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, send this it? over because this is a place that I found uh, in Vancouver. One sec. I'm screen recording. Ooh, we got like a video coming here. I think. I'm doing a video. Yeah. And it, it's almost done. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Stop. 
Boom. This is going to be, don't worry, it's worth the wait. Okay. Edit. Boom. Okay. There we go. Do a little this, this. And it's coming over to you, Scott. This is fantastic. All right. I will check so, it this out. This is worth the wait, people. I want them to realize that I'm sending them to this great spot. All right. Done. Perfect. Let's see here. It'll probably take a minute to come through. I'll let you guys know when I get it. What's it going to be? What's There's it going to be? So many great comments. Am I am I breathing into my mic? I told you. That's what I, I kept hearing. Maybe that sound. was me. Maybe it was me. I try to keep up, you know, right on the mic. I don't mind. Possible. I don't mind. I get a little uncomfortable because I feel like you're in my ear. Like right on your ear? Like you're yeah. behind me. You know what I mean? Okay, it's coming now. This is it. It's an only 11-second video, so there it is. You have it. All right. The only PED. Put it, uh, put it right up on the screen so we can performance talk about this. is cigars. <laughs> cigars. <laughs> All right. Let's see if I can just drag this in. What do we got here? The seven-inch oh. Waffle House. <laughs> oh, shit. This is going to okay, get so us. Those are one option. Now, wait. And then you have this option. Oh, yeah. That's a little more my and style. And I find it interesting. <laughs> <that they're... laughs> yes. Yes. I cut the sound out. Hopefully that that's funny. Do anything. That's a real place in BC. You're Vancouver. kidding me. You're you can't hear me. Scott. Oh, you can't hear me. You Scott's can't hear me. Scott's muted. I'm he has muted? nothing to Why say. I don't know. After the I've waffle. Offended him. I've offended him. Oh, so I got some... muted. That's better. There you go. There yeah. You go. So were you surprised by that video that we found? I was yeah. like, oh, this looks like a, and a, oh, I know which one I'm eating. I didn't like the way um, it started, but I like how it ended. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I think what they're doing is they're finding out who their customer base is based on what they order. Yeah, yeah. And I was so ir- I sent that to George and Ron this morning. I said, "How did we not go film me eating both of these <laughs> for Mutant's YouTube channel?" <laughs> like, yes, it's so yes. wrong. It would have been easily great. So if they get a huge influx of business, they owe me a or up sent to me that I can eat was watching some old Mutant on a Mission episodes with Ron, and he was looking thick, says, <laughs> but shredded sure. now. So there you go. My, might have been 300-plus in some of the old videos. So, yeah. yeah. We had that one question that I wanted to ask Ron. Uh, yes. But I, I, also, I don't know if you guys had anything else before we closed. I, I had one. I had one. Uh, it was a yeah. social question. Yeah, yeah. Totally Lovely. off-topic. Totally off-topic social question. So... Emily, Emily doesn't care about a lot of stuff. She just does her thing, right? Whereas I am a little bit more like, where are we? Who's around? Right? I'm a little bit more like that. She's just a bit of a gunslinger. Okay? (laughs) So so we get in the elevator the other day. She's telling me a story. She's telling me a story as we're leaving the car. We're waiting for the elevator. She's telling me a story. She's catching me up on something. And then we step into the elevator. Yes. Now, I go silent. Of course. I give everyone the nod. We're in the building, so like I know everyone. I'm like, hey, hey everybody. Yeah. Step in. I'm polite, but I stand there silently. She keeps telling me the story. No. And I look at her. I'm like, man. It's an elevator <laughs> pause. <laughs> what? And I go, we got to take an elevator pause. Anyways, we, we get out of the elevator at the top, and I'm like, yeah, there's no elevator pause there. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you got to take an elevator pause. And the story pauses while you ride, and then when you get off, you continue the story. And she's like, ah, 
I don't care about that. How are you guys for talking on elevators? Because it drives me crazy. I don't want to do it. I want to pause a conversation and we'll continue when we get off the elevator. I, I back you a million percent. I thought the sa- immediately the same thing. Because I, like, in reverse, I don't want to hear about your shit. I don't care. And I'm halfway in this conversation. What if I'm interested? I'm going to stop you and go, oh, 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 take it from the top. This sounds Tony. Yeah, like, <laughs> where did you meet Tony? And why was he eating this, you know, donut that looked like a, you know, I, I want to know. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah you can't, you can't, especially the you things that it. I talk about. Can you imagine if people, like, actually heard everything I spoke about without me filtering? Well. That's the thing. They're nothing I talk about is really something I want normal people to hear. Like almost <laughs> exactly. nothing. Yeah, I was going to say almost it depends nothing. on the conversation. It depends on the topic. If Yeah, I, and I just I feel odds like, are. Yeah, odds are. <laughs> <laughs> a pretty strong chance. I mean, do I look at the guy? Do I tell him like, yeah, would you, would you lick the lady in 27B or no? Because that's what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, it's no. funny. Sorry. It's funny to me. Sorry. Did you, Jeez, did you say anything after? Were you like... You should have taken the pause. Did you say? Of course he did. Yeah. Well, I, after we got the elevator, I just looked at her when I was unlocking the door. I'm like, what? No, it was like almost like a Curb Your Enthusiasm moment. I look at her. I'm like, no elevator pause. She goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I go, you didn't have an elevator pause. And I'm like, I'm locking the door. She's like, elevator pause. What? I got to stop talking because we get in the elevator. And I'm like, well, yes. I don't know. I would have. And she's like, you're, you're ridiculous. And then she's giving it to me. She's like, I'm finishing my story. And I go, I know. I just, I do a pause. And she goes, I know. I know. You pause for everything. There's all these pauses you got to take. And she, but she in her unleashes defense, on me. In her defense, she does not pause a story that comes to her mind freshly in the middle of your favorite song, Driving in the Car. Yeah. <laughs> There's Doesn't that. pause there either, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's your answer. It's, it's, all, it's all or nothing, buddy. I mean, there you, you if you had a great thought during her favorite song... We'd just wait. You'd hold it. Hold it. I'm going to tell her about that when the song ends. Exactly. See, that's all this is. Elevator. I just songs. had to see. I just had to see how you guys felt about that. <laughs> Scott, do you pause? You didn't even answer. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Think I think it pausing. depends on the conversation. I really, I really do. I feel like it depends. I, I don't get in enough. Here's the thing. I don't get in enough elevators to I know. I don't have enough elevator oh, experience. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's, we're going we're gonna to throw a little test on this, okay? Yeah. yeah. So you're on your phone. Okay. It's a yeah. speaker phone. Right. Yeah. And I'm telling you a conversation. Do you ask me to pause or do you let me roll as if they like, who knows what he's about to say? Okay. So if that was the case, I would probably say, Hey, I'm getting in an elevator. So if I lose you, I will call you right back. And And then if you're in, (laughs) it's breaking up over here. I would probably take you off a speaker if we were getting in an elevator and I would continue to listen to the story. I'm, in fact, okay. I'm certain that's what I would do. Yeah. Cause I do that all like my mom will do that. She'll be somewhere and she's like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm walking into a place. I'm like, so don't say whore. And she's like, Dusty. And <laughs> yeah. I'm still on speaker. Apparently I usually use my earbuds if, if I'm in public anyway, like I like to have the earbuds and it's my right. buffer to the world. So I might have like a podcast on while I'm grocery shopping too, just so I'm a little, I don't have to Two. embrace the environment two so pods much. or one i'll do both all the way but i keep the volume i would never have guessed you to be a both guy i need to know what's going on around oh no no volume's low enough behind me we could still talk okay you know what i'm saying okay. and it's not music it's voices people talking so you can still hear everything else right. yeah 
Sorry, I needed it now. Those things matter. Whew. All right, last All right. question, Scott. For Ron, Yes. go. So it was the, well, here it is. I just found it again. You don't uh, remember. From Rob. Well, I wanted to bring it back up. Deep yeah. Ron question. Who is the most underrated leader in world history? Damn. Only Ron can answer this for us, too. Like, Dusty and I, we ain't got nothing. You know? I was going to say Zeus. I, I um, don't know. I, I don't know quite enough about world history to to really embark on this. I will that's the say, way he though, starts the conversations, Dusty. You know, I don't know a yeah, lot about And then he you. comes up and nails everything about someone's life since 1622. Yeah, yeah, yeah. since 1622, the year was. Go ahead with your sometimes, perfect answer now. Sometimes I find myself going down the audio rabbit hole where I'll just see a video that catches my attention. Yeah. Right? And, and I watched one about again i'm not politically left or right and again i i don't i know that times have changed a lot since the 60s um as far as what it means to be left or right that's been almost redefined but um i've seen a couple videos you know like how they just released they kind of released like thousands of semi-redacted cia files regarding the kennedy assassination yeah 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 I've been yeah. watching a show about that, which is fascinating. Yeah. yeah, Kennedy, Kennedy, man, he was taken out because he wasn't on board with the plan. Yeah, the plan for what you know, whoever it is that really wants certain things to happen. He was. Uh, he he also was. Un, what an unbelievably cool-headed guy through the Cuban Missile Crisis. We could have wound up in a nuclear war. We were minutes away from nuclear war. And he, he, he held, he held in there and he was like, we got it. We can't, you know what I mean? There was some really critical stuff that happened that Kennedy made the right call on. Kennedy did some stuff. Again, I don't know everything about the guy. You know, I know he's banging Marilyn, cheating on his wife, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit. Good dude. Um, Me neither. He was taken out for a reason. I, you know what I I mean? Like, I feel like the bad guys took him out. And whenever the bad guys step up to do something like that, like, I mean, how much more top shelf is that? Like, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that crime taking out a, a leader of that level, that's like, you can't get bigger than that. And for them to go through that effort to do that, he was, he was pissing off the people that, you know, yeah. Yeah, they were trying to create a situation that would start a war with Cuba, and he said no. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was. I, I, I've I been, think, there's a show and, and, about it. Know, yeah, they cut his. They, you know, he, he only got what two and a half years of being president, and yeah. um, you know, so you know, I'd say like he was extraordinarily important from the stuff I've seen lately. I'm starting to sort of try and appreciate like some of the stuff that I didn't understand as a kid. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And again, that's not my ex. I don't have a lot of expertise in you know presidents of the '60s, but um, you know I'm just going to throw that out there and say Kennedy's going to be my answer. It's a good answer. I think you, you didn't go wrong that. there. Yeah, he was banging Marilyn, and that alone makes him yeah. a leader in my book. Yeah, most yeah. underrated leader, right for that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Not, yeah. not accurately underrated. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the answer. Not even close <laughs> to accurately go. rated. That was going to be my only reason for saying him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good man. Well, that's all we got. We we did have more questions. We just don't have more time. I did want to say too, though. Uh, thank you to everybody 
we got a lot of comments about uh, about me being on uh, the tabletop show with Dave Tate uh, the other day. I want and, to talk about that. Okay. Well, I want to say too, though, thank you to everybody who chimed in because I asked everybody. I was like, "Hey, if you're part of the last five minute crew, uh, I need you guys over there to come hang out and comment." And I went back and I looked at the live stream and literally it's all our people like just going at it back and forth. There's even some overrated underrateds in it and stuff like <laughs> they just awesome. went to town, you know, last five minute crew and the cabbage crew. We're part of what you guys wouldn't know about until we get Dave Crossland on, which we got to do that soon. Uh, so it, it was cool to see everybody support that. And I, I really appreciate it. I, awesome. I, uh, I want to say I'm halfway through your three and a half hour interview. <laughs> oh, cool. Machine. And uh, man, like I have to say, I feel like I've done a disservice to my co-host <laughs> Scott by not digging into him for some of this stuff. And and I I did want to I did want to tell you like you went so so far. I'm an hour an hour and a half in. You've gone so far into your recovery yeah. and the, your addiction and and all that stuff that I want to say like wow, I felt bad that I haven't dug at you for some of that stuff but i sort of felt like i don't know i just sort of felt like it would present itself over time if you wanted to talk about it that sort of thing but dave like leaned into you yeah and 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 i really was like blown away with some of the stuff you said there's a lot of stuff i didn't realize you went through huh and 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 also the way you detailed it and explained it you know like i just wanted to say so far it's been really great like i i've gotten to know you like a bunch of stuff I just didn't know from this podcast. So it really, really informative. That's that means so, a lot, man. Yeah, and I was yeah. really happy with it. Like we, you know, when, when he was on blood, sweat and gear and I, I, it was interesting cause I had never known that the reason that elite FTS exists is so that he can share information freely with people and help educate people. And you know, yeah. that when he was younger, there were people like even like Louis Simmons that just like helped him for free. And, and he, uh-huh. he wanted to be able to share education with the world. So with others, you know, people who needed it and, and that's what, like, that's the reason they sell equipment. Like the equipment doesn't come first. The education comes first. And that blew me away. Cause I didn't know that. I always thought like, Oh, elite's an equipment company. No, elite's right. an education <laughs> company. And that's the, the, the equipment helps to fund being able to pay for articles and everything they do. His podcast studio is mind blowing, by the way, like yeah. he's got a legit studio set up right there in the middle of the gym, which is so nice. Yeah. So when he was on our show and we were talking about that, I told him that I, was like, I didn't know that. And I told him that was my motivation too. like, that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm trying to do. And so we really connected and he reached out after that and he was like, Hey man, I'd really love to have you down on the podcast and tell your story about why you do what you do. And uh, it was the best interview that I've ever had somebody do of me. Like he, you know, we really dug into it. And and you know what, man, I do share this stuff, but I don't. Here's the the reality is I feel like to me, this show is about you guys and I'm here to help support that. So I don't want to make it about me. I don't try to get in the middle of it and like tell my story all the time. I will share stuff and I'm not trying to hide anything, but it's not my priority. I really don't Mm -hmm. see it as that, you know, so. Mm. I think you guys have so much to share and I want to help the world see that stuff. Like that's really what this is to me. So it was cool. Well, it was awesome. Well, I think I can speak for Dusty. What you've been through, right? I mean, because when I think about the things people say to me 
on on life situations that have happened. I can only imagine you could multiply that by a hundred for the things you've been through. You yeah, know what I mean, you know, it's all because we've all been through our it, own, you know. No, but just because it's there's a lot of people who have been through similar, or or know someone who have, and it's tricky. Like if someone asks me about something like that, all I can do is defer. I'm like, ah, because you know, it's it's like explain to somebody what it's like to fly an airplane that has never flown an airplane. Like, you you can't. You know what I mean? I think it's it's valuable. I'm actually stoked to see that part too because I'm sure the listeners have a a different view too because it also tells very much about if you've been through that and then landed here and your primary goal in life is helping and educating it's like i mean that alone is is pretty telling uh where someone you know how someone kind of sees the world and to me yeah yeah it was good <clears throat> I, i'm really grateful that i had that opportunity and you know i i had mentioned it in a post but like you know 15 years ago i remember my friend vj buying the elite fts uh, mountain dog band pack it was like a hundred dollars i yeah. couldn't afford oh, yeah. that i couldn't afford that to just drop i had the band bucks. pack did you <laughs> yeah i yeah. got it i got it later but like you know we would watch all the meadow stuff and by uh, ex- extension of that i learned about dave tate and then i saw some and i told i got to tell him this on the show i was like you know and i i still some of his sets that i had seen him do are just like burned in my brain when I think about mm. intensity. Like I literally, I think about him doing a couple of specific sets that I watched him do where I'm like, this doesn't seem possible. You know, he just right. keeps going and going and I can so relate to that. And like I, the way I can re- relate to the way you train dusty and what I saw in you, Ron, when you guys were doing that mutant on a mission the other week, like mm. there's something you pull from when you need to pull from it. That's a very special, special thing and mm-hmm. uh, when I think about high, high intensity, what that upper end is, I think of Dave and I always have after seeing him. And now to like fast forward from that time when I couldn't even afford to buy the metals band pack to today <laughs> where like I was actually sitting there like we talked for three hours and then we talked for like another two after that. He invites me yeah. to his gym, you know, invites me to his home basically. And I, I, you know, I got to hang out with the guy all day. It's like, that's sick. it's incredible, you know, like yep. mind blowing. If you would have told me that back then, I never would have, I never would have believed. I wouldn't know how that would have ever come to be, you know? Yeah. I, I must say like, uh, you know, I've done like 50 plus episodes of Mutant on a Mission now, you know, seven seasons yeah. of Mutant on a Mission. And uh, I'd say one of the gyms that I've had the most people go like, you got to go there was the elite FTS episode I did. Of course it was the previous location. Yeah. Um, I think, which was what, which was technically, I think their fourth location. Those yeah. the one I was at it was a, the old Meadows one that everyone mm-hmm. remembers that location. Right. Yeah. Um, make sure you bring your shin pads, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, they had the big wooden table in the middle of the gym and stuff. And, and I remember when I was there, like I was just there on like, you know, a Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Meadows drove down to train with us. Uh, Ken Jackson came with them. We all had a big back workout. It was great. You know, Dave Tate was an awesome, hospitable host, super friendly, proud of the gym, proud to show it off. Yeah. Um, And then uh, while we're there, um, you know, there's just all these other people in there squatting and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, Goggins, is it um, Steve Goggins, the power lifter? He was in there and, uh, and I go, I go, I just started, you know, briefly talk to him and he seemed like a great guy. You know, there's, you know, we're, we're, we're out for dinner after. 
And I said this to him, I'm like, so, you know, you're, you, you were obviously a very high level power lifter. You're coaching now. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I go, I go, oh, and I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. And uh, I just said, oh yeah, you know, like, you know, what was your thing? Like, you know, we're just doing that, like, you know, brief introduction yeah. where we're kind of describing ourselves. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, Steve Goggins, Hall of Fame powerlifter. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I squatted over a thousand, you know, when I did this. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, just that. Over a thousand? Just over a thousand. And, he's, and then they and then they all started laughing and they all started telling me stories about him squatting over a thousand pounds, you know, and and just like th these these types of guys at this level are just in that little gym. And back then it was literally middle of nowhere it was out in what was it called? It was it was called um, what's the name of the town? Wasn't it Windsor, London? London, London. Yes, it had an Ontario name. I knew there was a matching name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. London, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. It was in like London, Ohio. It was just outside yep. of Columbus yeah. in that small town and down that back alley. With and now like it's like no in the signs. country. They've got chickens yeah. now. They've got a chicken coop. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. just like, I'm like, oh man, like you go all the gyms and all the big gyms and all the cities in the world and the thousand pound squatters are out in this back alley yeah. in this yep. warehouse with no signs. I just, I just thought it was one of the coolest places that I'd ever been. And, and you could tell that like, it was all about passing on knowledge. Like yeah. that was just the vibe in there was just knowledge being passed on. Like, it, and, and that was like a theme with my conversation with Dave the whole day yeah. and, and Goggins and, and all the other people that were there training with, with Goggins and, and the whole powerlifting crew. Like it, it was just from the beginners that were there up to the people that were squatting 700 it was just all about passing on knowledge. And so it was a really great place. And uh, so I can imagine what it was like to spend three hours at, at the new location, yeah. you know, with Dave. So mm -hmm. it was cool. I did yeah. a little bit of content before that. So I literally was there like all day. Like I showed up at 1030 and I didn't leave. Like I didn't realize how long the show went. And then I didn't realize that we talked for a couple hours after that. And when I was leaving, like the sun was setting and it was going on seven o'clock at night. It was like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Awesome. I look forward to finishing the uh, episode, Scott. Yeah. I look forward to hearing your thoughts after you do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So that's it guys. Live episode in the books. Uh, like, you know, we didn't get a chance to record Monday. Scott was traveling obviously. And, um, and, uh, we're really glad to get a live one out to you guys. So thanks very much. Remember like share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. There we go. And remember, I am mutant.com, big supporters of the show. Mutant, of, of course, uh, Dusty20 and Big Ron20, the codes you can use on the website to save yourself 20%. Of course, Dusty's 21%. Don't, please Always. don't let that sway your vote. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for all your questions and humoring us and uh, putting up with us talking about, you know, anything. Anything. But, <laughs> but what you're here to listen to. And thanks okay. for the super chats, guys. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you. And thank you to everybody from Patreon. And next yes. week, we will have to discuss Arnold Classic plans. I hope that we get to see everybody there. You know, that'll be yes. awesome. Yes, I'm looking forward to the Arnold next weekend. And uh, we're going to have a blast. And it's I can't wait fast. to see. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see everybody, you know. And I'm sure some of the same people from the O are going to be there. Yeah, for the sure. People. So we're looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody. Remember, it's just bodybuilding. All right. It's closing out. <laughs>